0: Chi, mugwort, energy, Taoism, all discussed on today's episode of Ben's Learning Lounge all about acupuncture. So I'm joined by the brilliant individual known as Larissa Mosca. Not only does she have years of experience in acupuncture, is professionally accredited, an acupuncture graduate, studied in Taiwan and have her own practice, but she's also my local acupuncturist that I visit semi-regularly. I previously was quite skeptical, to be honest, about the practice of acupuncture, but after attending it myself and finding it helped massively when it comes to my migraines and Uh, fatigue and that sort of thing and then I read some studies on it which backed all that up Uh, I had to learn more and obviously I kept wanting to attend as well so I have to thank Larissa very much for, for joining me today on the podcast so we had a brilliant chat obviously about acupuncture as a whole including things like the fundamentals of Chinese medicine and the holes that western medicine struggled to fill including conversations surrounding COVID for example even nature it was just a great time and you'll learn a ridiculous amount about things that you didn't even know that you didn't even know so get yourself a tea a coffee a cocktail i don't know whatever tickles your fancy sit down and enjoy the episode all right so larissa thank you very much for agreeing to be on the podcast it's a pleasure to have you here
1: you're very welcome it's a, it's a pleasure to be here thank you for asking me
0: yeah, no, it's exciting, really, because I've been sort of going to you for acupuncture for, I think it's a few months now. And just it kind of occurred to me there while I was thinking about starting up the podcast again. I was like, I should get Larissa on. Like, this is brilliant because I don't know that much about acupuncture, really. I've never really explored it. No. But, you know, yeah. it, it's it's one which, which I feel like it, it exists within the Western world, but it's not commonly discussed. So I think it's a perfect opportunity to, you know, delve into it with you a little bit more.
1: Absolutely. And as you go for treatment, you get to learn a few bits and pieces. And I suppose you get curious and you want to know more because you experience things in yourself. And as you're feeling those feelings, then you start thinking, how is this happening?
0: Yes, yes, exactly. I definitely want to later explore some of the the sensations of things that I felt and uh, and go more into detail with that, because I've I've got a lot of questions regarding that, too. So I Mm -hmm. think we should start off with the basics. The big, simple Mm -hmm. question of them all. uh, What is acupuncture?
1: What is acupuncture? So there's different ways of answering this question, really. I could answer it by using Western terminology. But I think I will start by answering with using perhaps terminology we're not used to, but it, it, it's it's oriental terminology is where acupuncture really comes from. So acupuncture comes from China specifically, but we could say that it's present in, in Asia in general. So acupuncture right. is present in, in Korea, in Japan, but predominantly we think it started in China. And it's a very old form of medicine. It started about, well, some people say about 3,000 years ago. Some people say about 5,000 years ago. So very old. Um, Well, I say
0: say Jesus, older than Jesus.
1: (laughs) Older than Jesus, absolutely. So, you know, it could be, what, about 2,500 BC, 3,000 BC, Or it could be as early as as 1000 BC. In any case, it's a really old form of medicine. And it started before written records were there. So all we know, all we know from the very first books that were written is what people were recording at the time. But I bet you that before they started recording it, it must have been practiced for hundreds of years, if not thousands, really. Um, So one of the very first books is the Yellow Emperor's Classic of Medicine, which is a very interesting book, and it was written during the Han Dynasty. So, we're talking about 200 BC as well, very yeah. old book. Yeah. And that's the first one that talks about acupuncture and what acupuncture is and what it does. So, literally, acupuncture is the insertion of fine needles into particular points. We've got fine needles now. They didn't back then. The needles they had were a lot thicker, obviously, back then. Uh, but the principle is the same. The ones we use today are very, very fine, as fine as a human hair, really. You barely feel them when they go in. And they're inserted at uh, specific points, which we can call acupoints. The same points that people use for acupressure sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Those points uh, run on meridians. So we've got 12 meridians in the body. And a meridian is, um, let's call it an energy line. Some people describe it as an imaginary energy line. Um, Don't particularly like that expression. To me, they're very real, um, even if not tangible. But I feel they're real. I don't feel they're imaginary. Think of those channels as as a lymphatic system or the cardiovascular system. So something that runs through the body and connects everything connects your arm to your leg to your head, um, just connects all the different parts of the body and make it into a unity, the person that we are. So by inserting a needle in a particular point, say in your hand, you could affect um, what's going on with your lungs, you could affect something with your legs as well. It's just a way of rebalancing your whole body. So it's a bit of a strange concept for us Western people. We're not used to talking about uh, energy. We're not used to talking about blockages and things like that. But in Asia, there is this firm belief that when we're healthy, our body is in harmony. When we become unhealthy, something gets literally stuck in the body. So you could have a blockage, which could be an excess blockage. So say, for example, when you catch catch a cold, that's an excess because it's something that has invaded your body. So there is a blockage caused by excess. And by using acupuncture, you can remove that excess and bring back harmony. Also, it could be the opposite. So we could have what we call a deficiency. So um, say, for example, you're preparing for an exam, you're Studying really really hard you don't have time for yourself you don't eat well you don't sleep well you create a deficiency in your body and that could cause disease just as much as um, as a cold invading your body can cause disease and again by using the right uh, needles in the right pressure points you can rebalance your body and bring harmony back so you just clearing the blockage and making sure that your energy, your blood flow, everything flows in the appropriate way.
0: I think that's very interesting to this idea of how flow works within the body, right? Because as you sort of touched on there, In the West, it's not really thought of in the sense of not only things about blockages, but also just treating the body as sort of one entity. Mm -hmm. You know, when there's a problem with one area of the body, you go to the doctor, they tend to just look at that one area of the body. And then you could spring up and have six other issues, but they won't check out them all as one thing you know you'll go to a neurologist for the brain and then you'll go to an immunologist for the disease or you know it's all very separated like that even even in my own family you know i come from a family my brother and my dad are bodybuilders and their mm-hmm. whole idea is obviously you know you look at the body as separate parts you do your arms you do your chest you do. so yeah. i think naturally through that i'm very used to seeing the body through the lens of individual separate pieces
1: exactly and and that is really frustrating for me because we're not just a a random bit of body parts put together we are we're a body and a mind and a spirit usually there's this trilogy in Chinese medicine your body your mind and your spirit all works together so your your shoulder is connected to your leg your leg is connected to your head and yes physically they're a little bit separate in the body so your shoulder doesn't touch your leg but if we think about our cardiovascular system, well, the blood that runs in your shoulder will reach your leg as well. So we are connected, really. It's it's just a way of seeing things differently and seeing that we are all connected to the greater one, which is ourselves, really. And as for diseases, as you said, you go to a specialist, but if you have a a shoulder issue, it could be a neurological issue, it could be a muscular issue, um, it could be arthritis, so it could be in your bone. But it could also be emotional, you know, a a lot of emotional issues get stored in the shoulder, particularly things that weigh us down in terms of responsibilities, um, going through the grieving process as well. Grief tends to be stuck in the chest or in the shoulders as well. So sometimes a physical pain. Is actually a manifestation of something emotional going on. So you feel it, you perceive it as a physical pain, and it is definitely a physical pain, but you may have all the CT scans and MRIs and nothing shows up, everything is absolutely fine. I've
0: had a family member who had, a very similar thing, just just adding on there. Um, they were going through a difficult time, and they mm. felt a sort of it began around their gut, you know, sort of like a bloating feeling, like a pressure, like a stress when they were going through a tough time, and that slowly they they described it as a sort of grew within their body Mm. and it got larger and larger and uh, slowly they started to not be able to breathe properly but on the scans nothing was shown it wasn't like there was anything actually there but they were going through a a period of of real stress during that time and it wasn't until after that stress was gone that growing sensation that actually went over they said their heart and their lungs and throughout their whole torso actually began to fade away
1: Absolutely. And this family member you're talking about probably was dismissed by doctors because, you know, nothing showed up. So it probably wasn't real. It was very, very real. It's just that it was the mind that was... um, telling us see our bodies and our minds are fantastic and actually telling us what's going on so we always have little signs Um, the trouble is we don't know how to read them we've lost this art of interpreting what's going on in our body and when something is wrong instead of paying attention to it um, we take a painkiller you know just take a painkiller and get the pain to go away which it's not the point really i mean no one wants pain but pain is there to alert us pain is there for a reason so actually following that pain could take you to the origin of the problem rather than masking it and hoping that it go away so yes. it's uh, yeah. it, it, it's very interesting this is what's drawn me to acupuncture from the beginning the fact that it's um it's different from what we generally do in terms of health. It considers everything. And I briefly mentioned body, mind and spirit before. It It is really a trilogy. Body is a physical part of us. The mind is our thinking brain. But our spirit is our essence. And I'm not talking in religious terms here. I'm talking more of who we are as people, you know, our core beliefs, um, really what make us human that's what i would consider our spirit and our spirit can get can get diseased as well can yeah. get ill yeah. you know but particularly during uh, the pandemic uh, when we oh, were in definitely. lockdown many people's spirits got ill during those times because it wasn't just the insecurity of not knowing what was going to happen it wasn't just the fear for our lives it was the fact that we got removed from society all of a sudden in such an unnatural way like we couldn't even imagine it you know just being removed from family from friends from relatives not being able to go to work not being able to earn a living you know, that affected yeah. a lot of people, not being able to earn a living. It's something that we would have never imagined. You know, oh, the government is yeah. going to forbid us from earning a living. It, it, we couldn't have imagined it, but, but it did happen. And, and so that affected that part of us. that is our spirit, um, you know, and, and many people suffered from it during the pandemic. And some people are started suffering from it now. Because sometimes when you have a period of stress it's only when you come out of the stress just like you were saying before that you put two and two together and realize what's happened
0: yeah definitely I think it's a good point there too you mentioned about this sort of separation from society people have experienced and how that affects something more deeper than the body sort of the spirit because I was speaking with a forestry manager a long ago on the podcast and we were mm-hmm. talking a lot about how you know, nature really does influence one's spirit and one's ability. Mm. And, and it's not very easy in a sort of a study sense to determine exactly what's going on, you know, exactly what's happening when a man is put next to a tree that sort of lightens up his spirit. We just know that there's sort of a, 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 an evolutionary connection there of one being embracing the nature, you know, of, of being around it that sort of allows man to thrive. And I suppose perhaps... There is a similar aspect within acupuncture, you know, it's not always exactly confirmed. This is exactly how this works, but it's tapping into something probably a little bit deeper than, you know, Mm. just looking at the gallbladder or just looking at this part of the body. Everything in connection. There's so much more that's deeper in that that I think it's really hard as well to pin down in specific studies, too.
1: Absolutely. It's a lot deeper. It's difficult to explain. Uh, A lot of it is still the big, great unknown. And and I know that many people are not comfortable with not having answers. Um, But it's only by really diving into the big unknown that we can uh, gain new knowledge and as as for nature i mean we are part of nature really mm-hmm. it's uh, we wouldn't be alive without nature we wouldn't be able to exist on a different planet we are part of earth so we we're here just like trees are here and uh, i think over the years we got very disconnected from nature as well and that's another thing that acupuncture is um In my opinion, it kind of brings us back to our roots because it's very much centered on what is happening uh, in nature. So very first descriptions of acupuncture, they were all done by um, observing nature and using nature to describe it. So when talking about the meridians, the ancient Chinese described it as uh, rivers that run through China. Um, So they use those analogies quite a lot.
0: There's a great quote. I don't know if you know much of the work of Alan Watts. I'm quite a fan of his. And he gave a good quote, which said, there's a solar system inside a galaxy. And one of the peculiarities of this solar system is that at least on the planet Earth, the thing peoples in the same way that an apple tree apples, you know, and it reminds you the same thing, mm. like what separates naturally the river running from, you know, the bloodstream. It's, it's all the same. It's all part of the same system. Uh, but as we remove ourselves and we treat things as separate, you know, we really sort of lose loose touch of the world. So I was interested in knowing during COVID times, whether that would lead to an increase or decrease in the amount of people seeking acupuncture treatment.
1: Mm, absolutely. There's been a change. There's been a really big change in, in many aspects. First of all, I think the pandemic has meant that people started looking at the lifestyles a little bit more because, you know, we've all been on on a hamster wheel for such a long time and actually stopping during lockdown, stopping and actually having time for reflection meant that most of us started taking our health seriously, which we always neglected before because, you know, you're healthy, you take it for granted, you don't worry about it then all of a sudden this virus comes along and it can actually kill people. So that's when people started worrying about their health. So when I reopened after the first lockdown, which was July 2020, uh, there was a little bit of hesitancy from some people. You know, people were still scared about going to places. But I noticed um, a lot of bookings. I noticed a lot of new people starting acupuncture. And a lot of people who I wouldn't have seen before the lockdown. So people who wouldn't naturally have been drawn to acupuncture. People who were more sceptic, let's say, or people who believe more in uh taking a pill or Mm -hmm. going to the doctors rather than taking health into their own hands. So that's the first thing I noticed, really. People are taking their health into their own hands a lot more. And um, and the other thing I've noticed, particularly in the last 12 months or so, is um, people's issues have changed. Um, There's a lot of back issues, a lot of shoulder issues due to posture people working ah, from home yes. into lifestyle a lot of neck issues because people don't have the computer or laptop at the right level as you would in an office you know some people work from the yeah. kitchen cetera. or
0: you stare at your phone you know and that's always way down way down low. when whenever I put my head up
1: oh I always
0: my neck is always I always feel it there that's a reminder of my probably slight phone addiction is whenever I turn my head 180 degrees up
1: Exactly. And most people are guilty of doing that because we've got more time on our hands at the moment. But also, if you work in an office, you sit at your desk and then, you know, you start, say, typing your email. Then you turn around and you talk to, to people. You go and make coffee, You walk about. When you are at home, you sit in front of your screen for about an hour, two hours, maybe three hours if you're really into what you're doing and you don't move. So your posture yeah. doesn't move. You don't interact with anyone. And that's what's causing problems. So, yeah, physical problems are arising from, from working from home, definitely, um, as well as emotional ones, because people feel lonely. And from feeling lonely to becoming depressed, it's a very small step. So I can see quite a lot of that. Um, anxiety is only increase as well. Social yeah. anxiety, yeah. health anxiety, again, all dictated by uh, the times we live in but yes things have have changed um something I noticed with pleasure that has actually decreased is um infertility I do oh, a lot of, yeah I do a lot of fertility work and um the amount of people who rang me when we were in the first lockdown telling me that they got pregnant it, it was amazing it ah. it was beautiful actually you know receiving those phone calls from from people I work with for months and months beforehand all of a sudden saying they were pregnant what um, do you think is the I'm,
0: reason behind it because I'm aware that that fertility has gone down a lot right in recent years yes
1: yes so Many couples struggle to conceive these days uh, because of what the expert call unexplained infertility, believe it or not. That's the term, unexplained (laughs) infertility.
0: (laughs) Thank you, doctors.
1: Exactly. (laughs) So nothing wrong with them from a physical point of view. They get checked out. Everything's perfect. Everything's working as it should. They just can't manage to get pregnant. And a lot of it really is down to stress. Stress is a killer really. Stress releases a lot of uh, hormones, cortisol, particularly, you know, cortisol is the fight or flight hormone. And when it's released in a high amount because your life is stressful or because you're stressing because you're not getting pregnant, then you're releasing this hormone to the point where your body goes into fight or flight mode. And obviously, self preservation is always there. So if you find yourself in danger, the last thing you want is a pregnancy. You know, if you should know yes. you need to escape from a potential, um, I don't know, tiger or whatever else there is in in wilderness. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah. The the last thing you would want is to get pregnant. So by stressing about it, you're actually stopping it from happening. Uh, And it's difficult, you know, knowing that stress affects you is one thing. Stopping that stress is another. So when we were all at home at the very beginning, Yes, people were scared, but also people had more time for themselves. They weren't rushing. They weren't in, a, yeah. in the morning rush. They weren't um, running to work. They didn't set their alarm clocks at half past five in the morning. So life all of a sudden became slower, probably, you know, as, uh, as if we went back 50, 60 years. And that, only that change meant that a lot of women got pregnant which was amazing, really.
0: Wow, it, it makes so much sense. Like, as you explained it too, if, when you look at it evolutionarily, of course, when humans are stressed, it's mm-hmm. not going to make sense for them to be ready to be pregnant. It's not going to be on the agenda for their body. So, exactly. of course, in the age of chronic stress, which is, you know, something that we're not used to as individuals, it's, it's just not going to happen. So I suppose, yeah, it's caused a lot of relaxation. So I suppose in some ways, despite the issues COVID has caused, it seems at least as you've mentioned people are beginning to take their health more seriously perhaps mm. people have have relaxed a little bit more too which you know that's that's at least a positive right
1: Absolutely you know I think covid was um at least it gave us the chance to have this big reset in our mind and make us understand of you know who we are what we want where, where do we want our life to go it's just take some time to analyze what we've done and where we want to go as opposed to uh, going from goal to goal without ever reviewing those goals you know maybe what you wanted five years ago ten years ago is not what you want now but you yes. need to have the time to think about what you want uh otherwise you, it won't come to you you know it, it's um it's one of those things and this is also what acupuncture can do to be honest um make you reflect make you yes. slow
0: yeah slow
1: down um and then things will come to you. It's not a big revelation, but because you're slowing down and tuning in with yourself more, that's when things start coming to the surface and then then you can start dealing with them.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's a great point because the only time that an individual tends to have time for any kind of self-reflection is like when they're in a shower, right? Because yes. when you're in the shower, that's <laughs> right. the only time when you're not looking at your phone, when, you, when you're forced to be with your brain. And that tends to be as well when people have some of their best ideas or revelations. So Absolutely. it's no surprise that when people go to acupuncture, that, that you are sort of forced to, you know, to, to, to move away from all that. You're in a relaxing environment. And it does give you, I've certainly noticed that it's given me time for reflection so it's been it's it's been helpful there
1: talking about the shower there's something something purifying about water and just being under the shower and having water coming over you makes you kind of cleanses you and cleanses your mind so that it becomes almost empty and you've got time to process other things and often when people have acupuncture they describe these feelings of waves going yes. up and down the body yeah, I understand it, that. have you experienced it have you experienced the yeah. waves yeah especially
0: um, especially around my uh my, my legs and my feet especially yeah,
1: yeah and and it's such a strange feeling isn't it it's literally like you've got this this wave and, and some people say to me i, I swear something trickling down my legs as well and it's it's that clearing and leaving room for something else that happens during acupuncture moving all those blockages and creating space. Uh, for your body or your mind to be nourished by other things. So so yeah, I like the analogy of the shower. It's uh it's really good. It's very cleansing. Again, it's a natural element. It's just about yes, us being yeah. nature again.
0: Yes, definitely. It's interesting talking about the sensations of, of acupuncture because you know I've always seen myself as reasonably a skeptical individual when it comes to different practices. The thing that inspired my interest more in looking at acupuncture was when I was in russia for example mm-hmm. um i had to, i saw a neurologist over there because i was getting headaches quite regularly it's not something that i'm used to and on the board in the neurologist's office they had recommendations for acupuncture pressure points or this sort of thing and i thought oh that's that's interesting that's not something that i would imagine seeing in a neurologist's office in in the west so you know, then when I came back and did some more research about obviously the things and how they can be caused and the connections of the body. And, you know, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of things which aren't looked at with headaches, things like, I think it's the vagus nerve or something, is it? Or, or or a compression of, of, of liver and gallbladder and obviously tension across the head and the face. And, the, the neck and the shoulders there's, there's just so many different areas that that can be identified as a headache that it's rather silly to just go oh well as the doctor did there um even though you know the acupuncture stuff was they said just try taking a um a, a painkiller but that doesn't get to the root of the issue and, and nor did it help me in the slightest but you know wherever i go for acupuncture not only do i get more relaxed but for that day and then and the day after i don't i just don't get headaches they just don't come yeah, you know yeah. and, and i found that incredible
1: because as I was saying before, we've made room, we've shifted things and your body's self-nourishing again. And, and then, you know, life gets in the way to some extent and things happen and people get stressed and you go back to your bad habits or whatever it is. And, and, and also your body can form bad habits. So if it's used to something whether it's good for you or not then you will want it back because that's yeah. even even negative,
0: thinking, right? even, like, even negative someone, thinking right negative yeah someone like begins to think negatively if they're so used to it it becomes habitual and i suppose that's going to eventually weigh you down emotionally too
1: absolutely and if you have a good day and and suddenly you realize you had a good day and you had a, you not had a bad thought in your mind then you think oh surely something must happen now <laughs> because it's been too yes. much of a good yeah. day it's, uh, it's whatever we're used to, really, our mind and our bodies sort of program to go back there. Yeah. Um, but if you make space, like I said, often enough, then eventually those bad habits can be replaced by other habits uh, which are better for us.
0: Yeah, and I've been, I've been more active in that too since I've been going to acupuncture because it's made me more aware of, oh, okay, well, you know, when that, when that space has been freed up for those couple of days, then after that, because I've had a break, in headaches, it helps me become more aware of my actions that then become a headache. So, mm. you know, over time, it's, it's become a lot better, uh, which, is, which is really exciting. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more too about the process of what happens at an acupuncture appointment and what people can expect. There's a couple of interesting things that I want to touch on that I know that, that you've mm-hmm. done or that you do in acupuncture that I'm sure people will want to hear more about. So one of them is when you, once I've lied down, you tend to check my pulse on both my arms, which I've always found yes. really interesting, but also uh, checking the tongue as well. You've checked my tongue before. So yes. both of those I yes. think would be super cool to learn more about.
1: So the di- diagnostic methods, um, so, when you make your first appointment for acupuncture you have a consultation and consultation touches on a little bit of everything really so for example if someone comes for headaches obviously we will talk about headaches but then we talk in general about your lifestyle your health and your well-being and and really i ask all sorts of questions that people may think "Mm, is this relevant really um It is, because as I was saying before, everything is absolutely connected. Uh, So this is one of the diagnostic methods, evaluation, you know, according to what people say. The other one is uh, by checking the pulse or by checking the tongue. It's a way we've got to either confirm um, what we've been putting together as we've been listening to the person speaking or sometimes sometimes your pulse raises questions so you know you're talking to someone new and making a noise and thinking okay so I've got this uh, perfect pattern in my head or why this is happening and then you take the pulse or you check the tongue and you think (laughs) something's not right (laughs) it's not uh, it's not what I was thinking and you know, often it's because sometimes people don't. Sometimes people don't know what's wrong with them. You know, like what I was saying before about the shoulder. Say someone comes for frozen shoulder, and and they talk about the physicality of it, and then you look at the tongue, and your tongue tells you that your heart, uh, the tip of your tongue is connected with your heart, so your heart. Obviously, it's all about love and self-love and self-doubt and that type of thing. So if the tip of the tongue is really red, it means that people are highly stressed. Mm. And, you know, maybe maybe that doesn't match what the person has been telling you, but you can see it. It's there. And, and you've got to trust it because whatever the body says, it doesn't lie. But often the person has forgotten to mention stress, hasn't done it on purpose Sometimes I don't think they're stressed. Sometimes there are people who honestly don't think they're stressed just because they keep a lid on things. So they don't see themselves as stressed. So small things like that are important, really, because relying on people's stories, absolutely, that's, that's crucial. But also looking for different signs is very important. So going back to the pulse, I take the pulse on both sides of the wrist. And this is because the pulse we feel for um, is connected to different organs. So we've got three pulses on the left and three on the right. You take it with three fingers, And if you are on the left, then you're taking your heart pulse, your liver pulse, and your kidney pulse. And then on the other side, you do exactly the same with three fingers, but then you check the other organs. So you check your lungs, you check your stomach, and you check kidneys again. Mm. So it's very interesting You've got to practice this for years really before you get it properly because it's it's difficult to feel different pulses. But once you're used to it, you can feel the change and you can feel how your liver pulse can be very, very tight, like a guitar string sometimes if people are highly stressed. You can feel um, your lung pulse being really deep, so you have to press the finger a lot more on the pulse. Mm-hmm feel it if there is something affecting the lungs and then finger next to it which is the one on the stomach is absolutely fine you know it's it's just about connecting with different body parts and the tongue is the same you connect with different body parts by looking at the tongue and you can see what's happening if there is an excess if there is a deficiency if a body part is more out of balance than another body part then you can see it. It's uh, like I said, it's, it's a diagnostic tool. And more often than not, it confirms um, the diagnosis. But sometimes it raises questions and it's always interesting when you raise these questions because then it takes treatment to a deeper level, really. Yes, so people yes. end up being treated for, uh, for something different than what they originally came for. Um, which is even more fascinating because it's fascinating yeah
0: and it's great for them too right Mm because they 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 learn about an issue that they perhaps before they were they were shooting blanks they didn't know exactly what they were looking at and then eventually it's like you know here's here's something that you have and something that we can actually look at dealing with
1: exactly and you know sometimes people don't think about stuff that happened many many years ago uh, but it can still be there just not on the surface but it can still be there and if you've not dealt with it your body will give you signs so I would see it in the tongue I would feel it in the pulse and pulse perhaps more often than not so sometimes I ask questions to people or I ask things like have you had a trauma in your life and I always say you don't have to tell me what it is but have you experienced trauma or a loss or has something happened yeah, recently yeah. or maybe not so recently something that you still not dealt with more often than not people think for a bit and then they say yeah they say yes there is something um, yes, something I yes. thought I dealt with um, but we deal with emotional issues on different levels don't we really um, we can deal with an emotional issue to the point where it doesn't affect us in our daily life but that doesn't mean that it's been uh, put to bed by our brain it's perhaps yeah. still that in the background, and sometimes things bring it back. What I find really interesting is that sometimes um, a fall or an accident or a physical jolt to the body can actually bring back emotions that have not been dealt with this I find wow. really fascinating wow. so someone who's had say trauma mm, kind of dealt with it put it away and then I had a car crash and this comes back um it's amazing really how the yes. body brings it all back uh and often people don't make a connection because they're thinking oh, I'm here because I've had a car crash and my neck hurts you know it's nothing yeah. to do with uh, uh, that trauma I had five years ago but yes fascinating when that happens
0: that's insane yeah I love that it's it's and there's just so many mysteries as well when it comes to how the body works and the brain that, you know, we do forget to perhaps look at things that can be deeper. You know, like like you mentioned, if someone my friend had a head injury quite a few years ago and that changed. That changed so much about her too. Her personality Mm -hmm. change. Well, she also got anxiety after that, which that was related to the head injury. But also a taste change and a smell change. And I've been told this is a common thing, but at the time I had no idea. Like I think she said she used to really love chocolate, and since the accident she just cannot stand it. And there's some foods the opposite with, you know. And I'm sure that not only physical trauma can affect you in that way, but I'm sure emotional trauma probably can too. So just a lot of interesting links that that you can make that people just don't think of and. I found acupuncture as well to be helpful with that and also because of that there is a therapeutic aspect to as well at the start of the sessions which which you do and perhaps anything other acupuncturists do is you, you talk about you know anything that's been ailing you that week or just how generally things are going are things going well things yeah. going bad how's x how's y and it's nice as well I think for people to just feel listened to because that's something that I've noticed yes. that we lack with with modern doctors.
1: Absolutely, you get five minutes if you're lucky. When you get to the doctor, get to the point, and then you know off you go. There is no time to vent issues, and and I think it's important to to have a bit of a debrief really because things can affect you in life, and you don't know they're affecting you until you talk about it. And uh, I often hear people saying to me, "Oh, this is not relevant," but and every time they say this is not relevant, but. It is.
0: I think I've done that to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's
1: absolutely relevant. Many people do it because they think, oh, no, I've come to you for headaches. So I can't possibly talk to you about the backache, I feel. But I only feel that backache in certain situations. And I've not hurt myself. And, you know, and I immediately think, okay, that's to do with fear. It's emotional when it comes to that. So, yeah, absolutely. Everything is connected in our body. Absolutely everything. And, and the initial chart, it's part of your treatment. You're absolutely right. It's to find out how things are going, but also to find out if anything else has happened in between treatments that may have affected you and may have affected you subconsciously to the point where you don't even know it's affecting you. But I can see it because I'm listening, you know, properly yes. listening, listening to what people say, which words they choose, the way they move as well. You know, we we often say treatment starts from the moment you step inside because uh, you can tell a lot just watching people walking into the treatment room. You can see if they're in physical pain because obviously they'll be limping or they're a bit rigid. I can see that very easily. But you can, o- you can also see it uh, when there's something emotional in them because yeah. the shoulders change position all of a sudden they go into this protective closing position and the eyes are just absolutely amazing you know with the fact that we've been wearing face masks now and most of the face is covered by face masks the eyes have become so important in conveying messages um, yeah. and it's amazing when you start paying attention to people's eyes you can read emotions really easily in it you can you can see if they're laughing as well it's fantastic when someone laughs yeah. they do it with their eyes as well so even with a face mask on you know you can see the smiling the laughing the happy or you can see the sad you, you can see everything you know yeah, as they, as they, they say really our are eyes
0: windows of so. the eyes of the soul
1: yes absolutely and it's so true and never like now we've actually had the chance to experience it just relying purely on on our eyes for this
0: but also yeah also very cool that you know the amount of things that get checked I suppose at least something I want to interject with too that it's important for individuals if they are looking at receiving acupuncture to therefore you know go with the licensed professionals who do it because I'm aware that there are people who you know, they've done perhaps a course in acupuncture. It does seem quite mm-hmm. common in, in a lot of beauty shops to offer acupuncture as sort of an extra service. Um yes. Well, I suppose perhaps the thing that that might be lacking is that sort of, as you mentioned, it can take years to understand, you know, d- very subtle differences in pulse to, to make sure that they're looking at things like people's eyes, people's behavior. And I suppose that, you know despite the fact that it's great that these places are interested in offering acupuncture if it's not with a licensed person who's done acupuncture i don't think that they're going to notice perhaps the subtleties there or you're not going to get the same therapeutic benefit you might get from. no
1: from no you're getting some type of treatment but you're not getting the full treatment in that case so in in a way it's a shame for people who don't go to to I'd like to say a licensed acupuncture, but we don't have licenses in UK for this. Um, mm. But if you don't go to someone who studied acupuncture as, as the art of acupuncture, as I like to call it, really, so gone to university and done the full three years degree in acupuncture, um, we do 3,500 hours uh, of practical work. Jesus. That's days. a lot it's a lot it's really tiring when you go through it so we do supervision to start with. but first of all we we go to university first year we do um just shadowing so you shadow you but it's important you know just standing there yeah. and watching how people interact uh, it's really important and then we start working in university clinics so Patients come in for treatment and they get treated by students, obviously under supervision. And then in the third year, we're basically working for the university in in those clinics independently. Obviously, there's a teacher that checks things every now and again, but independently. So by the time we graduate at the end of the third year after having done a dissertation, We've done so many hours, and we've seen so many cases, and this is really crucial because you can study on books for as long as you want, but real people never present uh, with what you've read in the books because real people are real, and they've got layers and layers of issues. So it's never just simple, and unless you you've experienced it, real people you find yourself um, not equipped, really, to treat people as as they should be treated uh, on those three different levels, emotionally, physically and spiritually. So if you're looking to have acupuncture, I would suggest to go on the British Acupuncture Council website. The British Acupuncture Council was... uh, established in the 70s and it's a voluntary uh, sort of organization but you can only be part of it if you've got a degree in acupuncture by your recognizing ah, brilliant yeah or um or there's other ways you don't have to have a degree but you need to to sit a really comprehensive test before you can be part of it so they they check and make sure that you've got the necessary knowledge and when i talk about the knowledge it's obviously we need to have anatomical knowledge because we need to know what we're doing where we're putting the needles but we need to know all the literature connected uh, with acupuncture and with chinese medicine so theory and um, old literature as well. Like I was yes. mentioning before, the Yellow Emperor. Uh, we've actually read that book. You know, it's it's a three hundred year old, no, two thousand five hundred years old book, and and we've read it. And yes, it wasn't easy because it was written in a different style. But it forms you. It forms you on so many different levels, and it prepares you to think laterally. Uh, because acupuncture is becoming more and more popular then everyone is is jumping on it really they want uh, they want a piece of it so there are lots of courses at the moment that can give you a certificate in acupuncture. And those Mm -hmm. courses vary from um, a weekend course for someone who already has anatomical knowledge like a physiotherapist or an osteopath. And those courses will teach you how to treat certain conditions, normally musculoskeletal conditions. Or there are actually courses that uh, pretend to teach you the full Chinese medicine in about six months. Now I studied at university for three years, and let me tell you, I don't think it was even enough. Those three years, they it, it were so intense. Yeah. Those three years, and
0: yeah, yeah. and imagine everything. trying to learn thousands of years of practice in six mm. months. It it doesn't sound plausible. It
1: it doesn't happen. And I've um I've actually looked at some of those courses for curiosity, and I looked at what they cover, and and on paper they cover everything, but. They possibly can't. It's just the mention of certain concepts, you know. So for example, with a yin and yang concept. Um, are you familiar with the tau of yin and yang? Yes, you see I, it a lot in martial arts. So you've got the black part going the two, into two fish. the white one. Yeah, the two fish with the two little dots in the middle spend weeks just on that concept because that is really the pillars of Chinese medicine, Uh, it's the pillars of acupuncture, it's the pillars of nature, really understanding that concept means that you understand almost everything about life. So it's it's something that can be rushed, it's knowledge that needs to be acquired slowly, gradually and deeply, you need to go down a few different levels uh, on that
0: with that deeper ideological understanding as well of how things work that also explains why you know acupuncturists like yourself there are often more recommendations that you give you know it's not just limited to oh you see an acupuncture because you, you know you want to try acupuncture as we've mentioned there's there's a therapeutical benefit there's a self-reflective benefit but also you know you have mentioned to me before about certain supplements and herbs and things mm-hmm. that are potentially worth trying that, that could help with certain things and they have you know and these are things as well that if people are You know, real skeptics about, you know, most of the things that that you've recommended to me have been really been backed as well by the science, if that's something people are concerned about, too. But it just shows that there's, there's a sort of there's a much greater worldly understanding that's involved in people who have practiced acupuncture for a long time, that the skills there aren't just limited to acupuncture, which is exciting.
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, we're not scared of working with other professionals at all. In fact, I love working with other professionals. If someone comes to me and says, I'm also seeing a nutritionist, is, is that OK? Absolutely. Great. And I always say, give them my number if they want to get in yeah. touch with me. I absolutely love it. I wish we could have this uh, specialist. You know, with doctors, it will be yes. amazing because we would give the patient fantastic care from so many different points of view. So, yes, working together really would be amazing. And in, in an ideal situation, you know, one of my dreams is uh, that acupuncture one day will be accepted by the NHS. And yes, uh, but yes. accept it as it is you know with everything we bring on board with the tradition not just with being able to put a few needles around the point that hurts um it should be accepted uh in its entirety and that will make such a difference in patients uh care absolutely
0: i'd like to think they would too because we, we do live in an age now don't we where there's a lot of breakout syndromes that people are getting now which which people never used to get 20 30 50 years ago The obviously the common one that i'm tend to be harping on about is chronic fatigue syndrome and that's sort mm. of a lumped word and you know the nhs the, the way that it's really dealt with you know if we really get into it they, they pass it off they, they they'll send you to um uh, a specialist who who's de- deals in uh, rheumatoidology which you know whether that's how how relevant that is it, it's perhaps debated And then when you see a uh, quote unquote sort of specialist there, you get nothing from it. They'll, They'll offer you potentially free therapy sessions after like a year of waiting to get in. And then that's sort of it. But apart from that, you know, the doctor doesn't really want to hear about it. You're talking about it anymore. And with all these chronic conditions popping up, I feel like it would be great if the NHS just did a little bit more investigating into, obviously, if someone's got a syndrome when there's a bunch of connected mm. issues happening in that one person, then you're going to need an approach that involves a system which connects the body and understands how to do that properly. So I like to hope that, that, you know, that certainly could be on the cards, especially if other countries are looking at that.
1: Exactly. I've been talking about coronavirus, long COVID, long COVID, Oh yeah and it's very much similar to chronic fatigue long COVID and it affects uh, different parts of the body, mainly neurologically, but it affects different parts of the body really. And Western medicine is lost when it comes to this because it's new. But the beauty of acupuncture and Eastern medicine is that what, what we always say is you can have the most complex case in front of you. But the important thing is to go back to the roots. So find out something that is out of balance and start rebalancing it and it's almost like a bit of a bit of a game you start rebalancing one side so that gets better and that will have an, imf, an impact on another area of your life and then you start shifting your treatment towards uh, repairing that other bit as well it's actually really fascinating to see it work so a complex case is not an issue for eastern medicine because you start working on a small part of the complex case you don't have to understand it all to start making a difference but when you take the western medicine approach it's a complex case we don't know what to do about it therefore we watch and wait that's usually the approach we just watch and wait until we know more until there are studies um yes which is not great for the personal suffering you know nothing is being done about it
0: no exactly
1: There are lots of studies about um, acupuncture to help with long COVID and they're becoming very popular. There is a study, and I like to mention this because it may be relevant for some people who are listening. It's called the 100 Days of Moxa. Moxa is M-O-X-A. It's part of acupuncture and it's burning a particular herb, mugwort. Um there is, it's open for everyone to participate, everyone who has uh, long COVID. It's an English study and it will actually talk you through how to administer Moxa to yourself for 100 days with oh, the brilliant. aim of improving uh, your coron- long COVID symptoms. And it's, it's fantastic. It's very little known because... You know, it's just done by a, a couple of acupuncturists together. So the funding is very, very limited. Of course, it's not made into international news or anything like that, but it's amazing and it changes people's lives.
0: I love that. There's actually, I'm very invested in studies too. a similar study to do with mugwort. I saw on patients with chronic fatigue syndrome uh, and they did better than they did um, with placebo which was mm-hmm. i thought was really cool to read yeah it was mugwort as well although i can't say i fully understand what mugwort is i just something that i read the other week
1: <laughs> <laughs> mugwort is a fascinating plant it grows in uh in uk as well you know there is a long oh. tradition in uk of the use of mugwort it's um it's a female plant so it's kind of dedicated to the feminine but it's got masculine qualities as well so when you look at it botanically there's energetics linked to the plant you can find it next to rivers or lakes um spring to summer kind of late spring to early summer and people say that mugwort appears to you you can't look for it but it shows to you when you're ready for it and uh, and you know this is really funny because I've been looking for Mugwort for, uh, for the past two years, really, since lockdown started, just as a bit of fun. Yeah. And I couldn't have found it. And um, and I was talking to this other acupuncturist that uh, absolutely loves Mugwort and she lives in Edinburgh. So she was telling me where to find it in Edinburgh, which is not great for me, really, living in uh, Preston.
0: You should have told me I was just up there. I would have gone and picked some from the fields.
1: oh it's the wrong season oh of course so I went down this path just for a walk and a path I went down lots of times really and then one day one day I was particularly not thinking about anything you know one day one of those days when you're just wondering and I saw it and it was there in front of me and I must have wow. walked past it hundreds of times honestly and I never noticed <laughs> it so I saw it and I got so excited I was like a kid I was almost jumping up and down and yeah really she appeared to me whenever I needed to find it so I picked some and um I've been drying it and now it's ready to use as a as a smudge stick you know, like you yeah. do with sage yeah. or with Palo Santo, it's um it's lovely. So it's used a lot in uh, in the East, but it used to be used a lot in the UK as well in the old tradition. So if you go back a few hundred years, people used to pick mugwort, uh, and it used to treat a lot of a lot of different issues, cardiovascular issues, feminine problems. So it was uh, was very well regarded. It's it's a fantastic herb. Um, really great on so many levels and and this is the other thing that fascinates me when you start drawing parallel between old tradition so we're going back centuries here and you find a lot in common between our western world and the eastern one a lot of things used, used to be done very very similarly but we evolved and we forgot about our past while well, in asia they evolved, but they didn't forget about their own past. Uh, and particularly yeah. Yeah. in places like China and Japan, to some extent as well, where they they were kind of closed to the rest of the world. Really, they preserved their tradition a lot better than we did. So everything that to us now is fascinating and a little bit strange as well. And we think, oh, we never do that. But you know, maybe we did three, four hundred years ago. We did
0: yeah yeah and well that's the thing too right like people don't look at the past to look at what was healthy too like certain Mm -hmm. uh i know there's certain uh we've kind of this is i suppose my own bias coming in but meat eating too that's something i'm quite passionate about you know when we looked at diets back then you know Mm -hmm. there was certain when we ate like a good grass-fed uh meat diet with you know good veg and things like that people were healthier Uh, And nowadays, obviously, things have changed a lot and we sort of began to demonize meat as opposed to demonizing perhaps the processing that's been going on in our food. So perhaps sometimes we're looking at false, false friends for enemies.
1: Yes, you're absolutely spot on on that. When our diet was more simple and it was all based on meat and vegetables and grains as well, and fruit and whatever we could gather, nuts and things like that, people didn't get ill as much as, as now. And it's the process that makes the difference. Um, and I totally understand people who be, become vegetarian or vegan because they want to help the planet. But I don't feel that's the way to help the planet. The way to, to help the planet is more to understand what we as human beings have done wrong and put it right, you know. Yes. Treat treat animals right from the moment they're born to how they're raised, to how they're killed as well. You know, they can be killed humanely because yeah. one of the things in, in, in Chinese medicine is something called qi, which is this life force that it's in all of us. And it's in all of us, it's in animals. It's in vegetables as well so by the same token when you get some lettuce from the supermarket that lettuce was alive once so it it grew you know it came from a seed it was born it grew and then we're eating it we're eating its energy so that lettuce deserves to be treated well as much as a cow needs to be treated well have
0: you heard about um there are certain vegetables that give off that when they when they get chopped or when they get hurt, they actually give off certain pain. So I'm sure that's like a recent study. They give off certain yeah. pain signals, and it can it can sort of uh, toxify as well the vegetables if they're not sort of um, uh, killed appropriately. Which I thought was just like the coolest thing. But it it brings you back to this idea of life, you know, in in yes, different things. Yes,
1: life life is in everything, really, not just in animals, but in in vegetables, trees. You know, trees can. Apparently, trees can cry. Have you ever seen two trees leaning together? Fascinating. Yes. I see them sometimes on different sides of the road, and they really lean together, and um, they almost like embrace each other. It's beautiful. And you know, people may think, "Oh, it's because it's that's where the sun goes." No, because one is on one side and one is on the other, <laughs> so it doesn't make yeah. sense. But it's it's nature wanting to be together. Is a brilliant?
0: Um, uh... Sorry there, there's a, there's a brilliant study that was done that I spoke with the forestry manager about. And uh, it was a woman and she found out that uh, a mother oak tree, I believe, can find underground through a mycelium root uh, its own sapling, its own sapling from itself and give that more nourishment than other saplings around it, which is like, that's, that's mental, wow. you know?
1: That is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. But this is how great nature is. Nature helps uh, each other, really. All the different elements help each other. Everything works in harmony. So, you know, vegetation help other type of vegetation. And, and same with animals as well. It's, it's all really, really connected. So we should be very careful when messing with that very precious equilibrium uh, that nature has. And maybe think a little bit more about what we are doing to it uh, rather than uh, you know, the processes and, uh, you know, yeah, this, pollution yeah. and
0: things like that. Yes, yes. I love that. And I think this is that's on that quote. I think it's great to, to wrap things up in a really nice way. Um, so I think a lot of people who have listened to this are probably quite interested in exploring acupuncture more. So that my first ending question, I suppose, is one that I know a bunch of people uh, are probably wish that I asked earlier, but I'm going to throw it at you now. Does acupuncture hurt? <laughs>
1: Does acupuncture hurt? Uh, no, it doesn't. So the needles are very fine um, and they're made with the latest technology, so that are so sharp you don't even feel them going in. We've got um, nerve receptors around the epidermis, which is the initial layer of the skin. So as long as the insertion is quick, you get past those pain receptors. Once you are in the muscle, you don't really feel much at all. Um, you may have different sensations when the needles are in, but pain is certainly not a sensation you should have. And if for any reason, any needle is uh, a little bit sensitive, I always say to people, please tell me, because there's over 300 points in the human body. So if you don't agree with one point, we can do another one. Really, there's, there's, there's no point in leaving a needle in if it hurts. But generally, no, it doesn't hurt.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, and, and I can attest to that too, because just the other day when I went to see you, I stood up and I think I still had two needles in my hand and I didn't realise it.
1: Mm, <laughs> so, yes, yes, you know you forget yes, they're you in. Forget. Absolutely, you forget they're in, yes. And uh, the amount of people start scratching their heads and then it's oh, a needle there, i just knocked it off and I said, well, don't worry, <laughs> it's uh, not yes. going anywhere. We'll find it in the end. But <laughs> yes, you forget things are there and um, or you move your hands or, or things like that. No, they're not painful at all.
0: And very lastly, I suppose, tell us where you're based. And if people are a little bit further away from that, where would you recommend that they look? Because I think you mentioned a website there. So it'd be great to hear that again, too.
1: Yes. So I am based in Penwitham, which is just outside of Preston, Lancashire. Um, if you are within the area, then by all means, come and see me or oh, give me a ring. I always love to talk about acupuncture and acupuncture. Um, The best way to find someone who's qualified to degree level, someone who's a traditional acupuncturist, uh, is by going on the British Acupuncture Council website, which is the one that only has people who have a degree in acupuncture. I think it's acupuncture.org, their website. Yes, I'll I'll make sure that there's
0: a link anyway, so people can make sure that they get it right. There'll be a link in either the Spotify or the YouTube, wherever they're listening
1: it's acupuncture.org.uk and then you can go on find a practitioner you put your postcode and you can find someone in your area and um, I always say to people find someone that knows what they're doing of course first thing so find someone qualified but spend some time looking at the acupuncturists in your area because you need to find someone you're going to gel with because the person who treats you need to understand you on, on different levels. So it's not just a matter of finding someone who's qualified, but also find someone that understands you. So it's always worth having a phone call with someone. I have free consultations on the phone for people who've got questions and who want to ask if I can help. And sometimes I spend 10 minutes on the phone. Sometimes I spend half an hour on the phone and it's just really an initial chat. And sometimes, people book an appointment and come and see me sometimes they don't and that's all right you know it's uh it's, it's just a little bit of my time spent educating people on acupuncture and i may not be the right person for them or it may not be the right time for them to have acupuncture but it's always always time well invested so so yes go on the website find someone in your area get in touch and then ultimately trust you've got instinct and go to the one that um Uh, resonates
0: with you definitely oh well brilliant thank you so much Larissa this has been an absolutely brilliant podcast so I want to thank you again so much for coming on for sharing your knowledge Um, it's great to talk to someone who's really been an expert in that field and on top of that someone who uh, actually connect with myself and you know I can certainly attest to the benefits of acupuncture I wouldn't have had you on if I didn't think it had any benefits so you know it's a great sign Uh, and yeah I want to thank you again
1: Thank you for inviting me. It's been great. And uh, yes, the more people know about acupuncture, the better. So anytime I can chat about acupuncture, I do it more than willingly, of course. Um, So, yeah, thanks again.